Hi, my name is Jim. I am a compulsive overeater and a lot of other things. I am very grateful to Overeaters Anonymous for taking over 100 pounds off my body and keeping it off over 40 years. And that is a miracle because I'm the guy, I could not stick to a diet for a day before I came into this program. And to be maintaining for over four decades is a miracle. So anyways, uh, story of my life. I mean, I was a fat kid, went through all the crap you go through when you're a fat kid in our society. I only have 20 minutes, not 20 hours to speak. So I, I'd like to skip most of the tale of woe in four-part harmony, as I call it. Because this is a 100-pounders meeting. You know, we're here because, <clears throat> you know, we've been morbidly obese. And we all know what that's like. That uh, um, my story, I, I went on my first diet when I was about 10 years old. I promptly lost about 30 pounds, which was about half of what I needed to lose at the time. And then, for reasons yet obscure, I took that first bite, and I went off my diet, and I went into relapse, and I could not get back on. Why that is, who knows? That's the story of my life. I'd get sick and tired of being fat, go on a diet, lose some weight. And then, you know, for some, whatever reason, um, I'd hit that strange mental blank spot and I'd go off my diet and I'd gain it all back. I tried uh, geographic cures, moving from Western Pennsylvania to Southern California to Northern California. Thought that uh, you know, becoming a long-haired deadhead would fix me. It didn't. I uh, thought that Getting a job would fix me. It didn't. I mean, the um, reality is, is I have an eating disorder, and it's not going away. Nobody's got a cure for it. You know, so I need to find a lifestyle, a way of living that allows me to survive. I'm like somebody who's lost his legs. I'm not going to grow new ones. And so I just need to accept the fact that, yep, this is who I am. This is the body I got. Why I am this way? Um, who knows? Oh, the uh, we can always come up with stories. We can come up with excuses. Uh, but this is not overeaters' analysis. You know, we don't sit around and come up with bullshit stories about why we ate. The reality is, I ate because I am an overeater. You know, I don't need an excuse. Food looks good. I want to eat all of it. That's basically... You know, the way my brain works. The um, I never really questioned why I ate because it just seemed to be the most natural thing in the world. Who wouldn't want to eat all the food that's there, right? It, um, so, anyhow, the um, to make a long story short, you know, I finally found myself living in San Francisco by myself, uh, over 100 pounds overweight. And, you know, I just moved into the city, didn't know anybody, but, you know, when I, you know, got home at the end of the day, I would, uh, you know, be carrying my bags and bags of junk food, and I would close the curtains lest the neighbors across the street that I didn't know would out, get out binoculars, look through the windows, and see the fact that I was eating junk food. 
as if they could not tell by looking at my 46-inch waist what I was doing with the food, right? Um, but that was just, just part of the insanity of my disease. And I was having nights where the chest pains would hit, and I didn't even know if I was going to wake up the next day. So I made out my will. That's where this disease brought me. And, but I'd remembered long, long ago, you know, one of those advice columnists, you know, Dear Abby or Ann Landers, it had mentioned something. So I, I knew there was this thing called Overeaters Anonymous out there, but I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know anything about 12-step programs or recovery, but I did know that I was an addict. I had written in my diary four years earlier, I am just like an alcoholic with chocolate. So, and so when I, you know, I knew that, you know, I was an addict, but I had no idea what to do about it. But I was getting desperate. So I looked up OA in the phone book. And this was the days before the internet. And there was a phone number and I called it up, got an answering machine where they told me where a meeting was. I wrote it down on a slip of paper, promptly lost it. Did it again, promptly lost it. Lather, rinse, repeat. Finally, I got up, you know, the nerve to get to an OA meeting and I was kind of shocked. I expected it to be filled with a bunch of like really fat people. But I discovered, you know, it was a room full of kind of normal looking people and nice distribution. There were some people who were big like me and plenty who weren't. But the uh, reason was this program works. And, <clears throat> you know, it, it took me a while to get it. The way I got abstinent was I got a sponsor who told me to go to 90 Overeaters Anonymous meetings in 90 days. Didn't quite make 90 and 90, but I made enough. And, you know, I started going to a lot of meetings started abstaining on a basic four food plan, but it was really touch and go. That, uh, you know, the cravings were pretty intense, but fortunately they warned me that, hey, if you're a sugar addict and you, know, you stop taking your drug, you're gonna go through withdrawal. Surprise, surprise. Hey, if eating properly made us naturally feel good, we would have done it a long time ago without needing this program. But instead, you know, my body was programmed by all that junk food I was eating. And I don't like to tell food a lot. But in order to carry 110 extra pounds on a five foot two inch tall frame, <laughs> I am an industrial strength overreader. Let me just leave it at that. But to go from eating pounds and pounds of bags of junk food in a single sitting to like eating healthy food, my body's going. Jim, where's my fix? But by getting to lots of meetings, it helped me get through it. They told me I only had to go through it once, and they were right. And they also told me that it gets better. That, uh, you know, as one man told me, he said, hey, at first it's really hard. Then it gets better. Then it gets different. Then it gets weird. And he was right. You know, the experience of the other people helped me through it. Um, but still, I realized that what I was doing wasn't sustainable. 
And one day at a meeting, I heard another 100-pounder got up and speak. And she talked about the fact that she did not eat any grains or starches. I thought she was insane because my mother was a home ec teacher. And therefore, I thought I knew everything about nutrition, right? Yeah, right. But I knew you had to have your basic four food groups. And here was somebody who, like, wasn't eating them. Now, I know I'm a food addict. I know that sugar sets off a craving in me. That, you know, once I took the first bite, I could not. And so when I came into OA, I heard this real common sense thing which says, hey, if you don't take the first bite, it won't set off the craving. Wow. It's a lot easier to eat none than some. Huh. Why didn't I think of that? You know, and so I knew that, you know, I couldn't touch sugar. And that includes, you know, you know, honey, dextrose, fructose, corn syrup, and all the other, you know, types of sugar that they try to hide in, in manufactured food. You know, what about like all those grains and starches? I don't, hmm. And here was somebody who wasn't eating them. And she explained that, hey, you know, those starches are basically just long chain sugars that our body chops up into smaller sugars. Huh. And so I was pretty desperate. The cravings were pretty intense. So I decided to try that ultra low carb food plan. And Lo and behold, the cravings went away. Why my body responds that way, I have no idea. But all I know is I feel better when I eat that way. And it took me about a year to lose the weight. And I had no idea what maintenance was going to be like. Oh, I had my fantasies. I thought I was going to be this six-foot-tall millionaire with a body that looked like an Olympic swimmer. And I thought that on the day that I hit goal weight, that all my problems would be solved, that uh, you know, the, the Dallas cheerleaders would drive up in a big limousine and, and drop big bags of gold coins on my doorstep and, and then do all kinds of wonderful things to me. None of that happened. Um, and the day I hit goal weight, still had to work for a living, the people on the streetcar in San Francisco were just as tired at seven in the morning as they always did. The um, my girlfriend at the time wasn't even talking to me. You know, I to everybody else I looked just the same as I did the day before. There was no earthquake. There was no chorus of angels singing Alleluia. It's like, you know, and I discovered that guess what? Normal-sized people have problems too. They also have to work for a living. But, you know, all, all, all this sort of fantasies of like, oh, yes, you know, life will be perfect. Well, it's a whole lot better. That's for sure. But the, um, you know, I had to kind of realize, oh, now I've got to start living. But I'm really grateful that they taught me in this program that when you hit maintenance, it's not so much more food, it's more program. That, you know, I needed to continue to you know, work the steps to work the program because, hey, I'm not cured. We don't have a cure here. You know, I haven't, you know, medical science has been trying all kinds of things over the decades. And 
you know, maybe maybe someday they'll come up with a cure or at least a treatment that works. You know, and there's some promising research out there. Yeah, we, we shall see. But any drug powerful enough to deal with my addiction has got to be really powerful. And it's got to be safe enough for me to take for a lifetime. Hmm. You know, maybe maybe someday they'll get it right. You know, we'll, we'll find out. But, um, but for today, I need you know, a way of life that's going to keep me from killing myself with my fork. And that's what the 12 steps of this program are all about. They're about bringing about that systematic change in attitude that help us to live one day at a time. And it's based fundamentally on working with other compulsive overeaters. That's really the key to this program. This is not the kind of thing that I can do alone, by myself, in my own kitchen. No. This program is based on working with other industrial strength sickos, just like us. That's what works. Now, if you think about the pattern we've learned from Alcoholics Anonymous, AA was founded by a couple of drunks who discovered that by themselves, they could not, could not stay sober. They had tried all kinds of things. They had tried psychology. They had tried religion. It didn't keep them dry. It wasn't until they put their faith into action to help another drunk that they got to stay sober. That's the way OA works. This is not the kind of program I can do alone by myself in my own kitchen. I need to work with other overeaters like me. That's, that's the key to this program. You know, the spirituality of this program is not going to a mountaintop by myself and chanting until you know, the fork levitates into the air. No. The spirituality of this program is you know, working with other overeaters. It's reaching out to help others like me. That's the key. That, uh, you'll notice four out of our nine tools of recovery talk about working with others. It's why we go to meetings, why we do service, why we sponsor people, why we make phone calls, all means of working with other compulsive overeaters. It's not the kind of thing we can do alone, by ourselves. It just doesn't work that way. But, uh, you know, and the steps are really a large part of this way of life. Now, step one is admitting powerlessness over food. Um, you wouldn't have shown up at an OA meeting if you didn't admit to yourself you got a problem. So, you know, if you're here and you've <laughs> stuck around this long, you've made a start on step one. Step two, some kind of hope. Well, again, you wouldn't bother if you didn't have some kind of hope that this would help. Check. Step three, making a decision to follow a spiritual path. Hmm. You wouldn't have stuck around past the serenity prayer if you weren't willing. And you know, as it says in the literature, you know, all you need is the tiniest bit of willingness. And it's just a decision to start. It doesn't mean you've actually done it. I could say, hey. Five minutes, please. I'm, thank you. I'm going to go to Pittsburgh next month and visit my brother. Okay, I've made the decision. Have I done anything? No. Have I made any plans? No. Have I, you know, made any arrangements? No. But I've made the decision, so I'm starting on the journey. Okay. Well, that's where the inventory steps come in. You know, we take a good hard look at ourselves, and yeah, you know, if all I do is look inside my own brain, 
you know, I'm in bad company. But I've got to analyze, you know, where, you know, what's going on. Do a written inventory. Share it with another person. Makes it real. Cleaning up the wreckage from the past or being willing to have defects of character removed. Asking God to do that and cleaning up the wreckage. All part of, you know, removing a lot of those excuses to overeat. Getting rid of the guilt. You know, cleaning up my side of the street. It's common sense. And then we have the daily living steps, 10, 11, and 12. Where, you know, we continue to sort of live that examined life. Clean up the messes when, you know, they're quick and easy to clean up before the stain sets in. Yep. Continue to pray and meditate. And the great thing about this program is we don't tell you who to pray to. We don't tell you what church to go to. We've just found that the spiritual tools that the great spiritual traditions use work. Why they work is above my pay grade. doesn't matter. I met a guy in this program who'd lost more than I had ever weighed. And he said he prayed every day to a God he did not want to believe in. And he said, as far as he was concerned, all the prayer did was play around with the electrical waves in his brain. But he did it because it worked. And that's my philosophy of OA. You know, I do what I see working for other overeaters like me. And you know, when I was new in this program, I was really obnoxious. Still am. But I went around to people and I, you know, revert, I, interrogated them to reverse engineer their program. What do you eat? What do you pray to? How do you meditate? You're expecting to find some magical secret. But I discovered that, well, it's just following directions, doing all the things that we talk about at the beginning of meetings. And so that's, that's what I do. I do what I see working for other people like me. And that's why these 100-pounders meetings are so important to me. Because this is where I meet other people who've been where I've been around the food. You know, my problem was not hallucinating about being fat. My problem was I was morbidly obese. You know, had the high blood pressure, the chest pains, the stretch marks all over my body, the, um, you know, difficulty wiping, breaking chairs. I mean, you know, all the usual stuff. And, um, you know, I basically learn, you know, watching other people recover. They show me how to do it. When I see people make mistakes, they show me what mistakes to avoid. So what I do is I get up on my knees in the morning, ask God for help, take a few minutes of quiet time where I try to meditate. I have a sponsor that I call just about every day, except when I forget. I sponsor several people, and I expect them to call me every day. That helps keep me in line. I eat three meals a day, nothing in between, none of my old binge foods. I've been blessed with that form of abstinence for over 42 years, and that is a miracle. Um, I weigh and measure most of my food, not all of it, but, you know, enough so that, you know, I've been maintaining the size now for four decades. That's a miracle. Um, I go to a lot of OA meetings. I do service at meetings. The, um, you know, if you want to improve your program, get yourself a service job at an OA meeting where you have to do something. Why it works? I don't know, but I've noticed that, you know, the people who get service jobs at meetings get better faster, and the people who don't struggle longer. Why that is, I have no idea. It just is. Um, 
at night before I go to sleep. I try to do a mental 10 step. Uh, Not that great with writing. Okay, I'm out of time. But I want to thank everybody. And um, just with that, I will uh, turn it back over to our leader. Thank you.